Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast, wrapping up from WGC Mexico, Chapultepec. Uh, gentlemen, what are your biggest takeaways from the week? Shout out to my hitters at Grupo Salinas. <laughs> they put on another great event. That might be the way to do it. Not put your name on the event and then just hammer home every single commercial break with your commercials. Yeah. The Grupo Salinas. It should be the Mexican Open. I agree. I think we should just call it the Mexican Open. I think Club Pro guys got rights on all of that, so that, that might be that might be why. But. <laughs> uh, ups to Justin Huber, former Mexican Open champion, exactly. right? Friend of the pod. More coming on that front. Yeah. Um, DJ ran away and hid. Uh, we're going to break down a lot from this event, starting with DJ. We're going to talk Rory. We're going to talk Tiger. We're going to talk about the golf course, the coverage, Spieth, Bryson, a lot of things first. But and we've got listener voicemails. We do. We first have some time ever. Hope fun. it all works. We uh, hope it all works. We got a big, uh, big electronic thing going on yeah. over here. We're kind of relying on DJ the DJ over here tonight. Hope it all goes to plan. But um, there's not. I don't think there's a ton to cover with DJ in that. I I, I know uh, I've made it clear how much I hate the whose A game is best. I think we can kind of put it to his. bed. Yeah, I think it's got to be DJ, right? All right, here we go. Here. Say it. He's the greatest player of all time. Yeah, period, point blank. He is. I mean, he's he's won what 13, 13 years in a row, thirteen seasons in a row. So I have a I, little I, a I, little stack. Go ahead. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm here too, by the way. <laughs> I think it, I think hey, if, I think if we accept the take that he's the greatest player of all time, we have to also accept the take that he's the biggest underachiever of all time. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Tron and I are shaking we're, hands. We're, we're, we're straight there, okay. Man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can you explain the greatest player of all time take for anyone who's never heard it? Yeah, it's it's because it's not as straightforward as it sounds. Well, no, but it's not it's not very convoluted either. It's, he is for maybe it's a one hole stretch maybe it's a three hole stretch but he is the greatest player to ever play the game over that period over that period of time yeah you know i'm not i'm not talking about a 72 hole tournament i'm talking i'm not talking about over a career i'm just talking about like he's the greatest player to ever pick up a golf club yeah like his his ceiling is higher than anybody's ever even fathomed I, I used to think you were like the create, like just like messing with everyone. The more I watch, it, I'm like, okay, now I kind of understand what he's saying. Like, like he didn't even putt well. This he's week. not achieved the most, not even close, yeah. not even like remotely close. But no one's ever had held more physical capabilities in golf. Did he really not putt well? Yeah, God, but I felt like every time I, I, I might have to fact check. Him, you know, he, he, led the field in, he led the field in putting this week. Yeah, he was number one in strokes game putting. <laughs> Listen, guys. I feel like hey, I, I know what he's capable of. I feel I felt like he didn't make a lot of putts. He had that putt out of the fringe today that didn't didn't go well. Well, I think that was self defense. Well, that probably didn't count in the strokes game. Also, he had well. like a twelve shot lead at that point, so I think he was just nestling it down there. Is DJ the biggest big game hunter out there that doesn't win <laughs> the majors? Biggest, the I biggest mean, game hunter. Let's just flat out say it. With his resume, one major is a bit of a disgrace. Well, technically two, right? Randy and I were discussing this. He, he for sure it, won at Whistling. He won Straits. at Whistling Straits. Uh, he he almost he won like half of it at Chambers Bay, I'd say. Then he probably oh, won a little bit at Pebble. He then. won a tenth at Pebble. Yeah, so he's got like two point, I don't know, two point three, two point four majors, depending how you slice it. So he maybe got a. That's maybe, why like today was so disappointing because Rory is probably the biggest big game hunter there is. It's like he maybe used to be. Yeah, and and he just you know he's he's in another big spot. I'm the biggest Rory, staunchest Rory defender there is, and he. 
He didn't do anything today. I mean, except for try to get a really, really cavalier drop. He shot. He bogeyed the last hole to shoot thirty-one on the back. I wouldn't. I definitely would not say he didn't do anything today. But he was what, one under, two under for the day. Four under on the day. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, listen, TC regrets the error. <laughs> TC <laughs> might De- have come the most prepared. Delta no. Delta lost TC's notebook on the flight over. Um, listen That's to this stretch from November third. Uh, 2015 to August 2017. Here's the only events that DJ won. This is not a select amount of events that DJ won. His wins were the WGC HSBC, the WGC Cadillac, the US Open, the WGC Bridgestone, the BMW Championship playoff event, the Genesis at Riv, WGC Mexico, WGC Dell Match Play, and then the Northern Trust, a playoff event. The only non-playoff or WGC or major event that he won was the Genesis. Are you saying that he has a hard time winning full field events? <laughs> <laughs> it used to be the take that that's he... a huge knock on because <laughs> solid. That's a that's yeah. So people might fight you on that one if that's what you're saying. Well, we this was thrown out today. You you have a a, a very strong claim on this one, but over under oh, thirty and a half oh. career wins for DJ. <sighs> it's. God. He's at what right now? 20. He's at 20. 20. This is a PGA Tour. We're not counting. It's so hard. Tour. So he's 32, 34, 34, 34 years old. I so think you, that's an easy over. Over. I want to say over as well, but you, God, you read so many things about, and maybe Phil is the, the mega outlier here, but you read so many things about how sharply putting drops off when those guys get into like their late 30s, early 40s. And... I don't know. It's really hard. It's it's one of those things that you look at now and you're like, yeah, if this trend continues forever, like, God, he might pass Phil. And I don't know. He would be a freak if he keeps up this pace for another 10 years, right? I mean, it's... So I don't know. Let's it, say he knocks off another two this year. I was going to say, it seems like he can win 10 in the next three years. He has no, he has sure. no injuries totally. that we know about. Yeah. Right? Like, he's pretty... I mean, other than other than the jet ski like, thing, yeah. <laughs> off, off course injuries. Yeah, um, he, you know, he's pretty healthy. Uh, I, you know, I I see no problem with him basically knocking off two or three a year for the next five years. Yeah. Is that too low of an over under? Should it be like thirty four and a half? Because he's won eleven times since the beginning of twenty fifteen. And eleven more wins Jesus. sounds like a ton, but he's won eleven times in the last four calendar years. Like, right, he's in the he's how, in the very middle he? of his peak right now. Yeah. Thirty four. I feel like yeah, I feel. I feel like it's a 40 and a half over under. Oof. Wow. Well, then he's coming at your boy, Phil. Yeah, well, he should. Well, and I was going to say, when you're rattling off his wins during that period, we're so... Like, it just doesn't even sound impressive in a post-Tiger world. That's so yeah. wild. It's like, it's like, who cares? Yeah. Kyle Porter tweeted a statistic today. Uh, through 246 career starts, victories, Dustin Johnson, 20, Phil Mickelson, 19. For a while, that's wild. Man. How many victories does does Rory have? Uh, twelve, I think. I want to say twelve. That was the number in my 12, head. Four well. majors, PGA Tour victories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So going back to the Rory take from earlier too. Rory was he was one over on the day through through ten holes. Well, once he was, and then, part- and then that, that was at that yeah. point, I flipped it over to the Puerto Rico Open, <laughs> which we're gonna get to. I'd like the folks to know that. <laughs> I, you know. Well, once Rory was pronounced dead. Hitting that ball in the water on that par five, it would, then he played really well after that. When it kind of didn't, which is, didn't really matter. Anymore. It's like Rory's the ultimate. It's like too little, too late. So, you know? so picture this. Uh, these are Dustin's numbers for the week. Picture trying to beat Dustin Johnson when he leads the field in strokes gained putting. He is second in strokes gained approach, and he's seventh in strokes gained off the tee. He was second in strokes gained tee to green and first in putting. Like you can't. Like, like you're not how the hell that. are you going to beat him? <laughs> it's. it's 
disgusting. And that's why he won by five. Yeah. Well, do we have a? Do we have a uh, somebody calling in with a question about Rory? I think uh, we do. I, think I remember that. We want to get to questions. Sure. Well, right. like if we're going to talk about Rory, I think we should. Kick All right. Well, off this is this our question. this is our first listener voicemail here. Hi, it's Jeff uh, from Massachusetts. Um, I think the question I have is: When are people going to realize that Rory uh, may be dead? Considering <laughs> how much I mean, I don't care about the top five finishes. He keeps getting just vaporized in these final groups, and quite frankly, there are so many good players at the top of the world. How am I supposed to believe that he's going to have everything clicking? He, I could he win more majors, sure, but I wouldn't be shocked if he ends with where he's at right now, just because of how deep it is. So, uh, yeah, when are people going to finally admit that he's dead? <laughs> that's, a, that's some strong verbiage there which for the first caller, which which we definitely encourage in these voicemails. It's like so. Bruce Willis from The Sixth Sense. <laughs> when are people going? So I guess Randy, maybe we'll throw it to you. When are people going to realize that Rory may be dead? If he doesn't win a major this year, I think it's. I, I think you, I think we can call it, pronounce it. Really? Why? Because he might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so Rory's numbers this week: strokes gained off the tee, third. That's, that's listen. Pretty good. I know that's you're going to tell me a lot of good strokes stats. gained approach thirteen. No, I asked for this. Randy. Strokes gained around the green ninth. Strokes gained putting sixteen. So it's fine. So yeah, Rory, so on paper, yeah, thing. he probably should have finished DJ second. DJ beat yeah, the entire fine. field except for Rory by ten shots. Yeah, and then Rory beat the entire field except for DJ by five shots. So like if if DJ doesn't play this event or has a like a middle of the road week, we're sitting here wondering like celebrating the return of Rory. Exactly. So yeah. like he no. delivered a he performance disagreed. worthy well, of winning. The problem that's, that's a, a lazy. No, well that's like if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. Like it doesn't. <laughs> you, you can't. It's the butterfly effect stuff. Like you you can't just remove one guy and be like, oh, if Rory would have played the exact same way. Um, I agree with you. It's you, hard. I, I've I've heard you argue like yeah, you know if if Cat wasn't around like. Phil would have been like the greatest ever. Well, that's because so, it's well, fun. You can't have it both ways, man. That's fun. Uh, okay. Well, when talking about a prolonged like twenty year stretch, I think it's a little different than like one week. So that's that's fair. And they I, both they both thrive on very very similar courses. Rory and Dustin. Rory and Dustin. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I think well, the yeah, I it was like Rory delivered a performance good enough to win a golf tournament this week. Totally. Without a doubt. And except like, for he had one guy to beat well. and he didn't chase him down at all. Right. Which I, would I don't say think the, except he didn't. My biggest my biggest criticism would be the front nine on Sunday. That was rough. He didn't step up to the plate. And that's where it got it's so hard to make this take without sounding so local sports talk radio. But like that's what it is. It's like, man, when when the lights are brightest, he just didn't, he just didn't show, he just didn't want it enough. He just didn't. I don't know, man. He just like the sixth uh, hole was really strange. That was really bad. It yeah. was really bizarre. Really bad. He, so a lot of I don't want to do too much rule stuff on this podcast today. We're going to do plenty of backstopping stuff. But Thank God. DJ got a quote unquote questionable drop. He took a pretty wide stance to get his foot on the path to get a drop from behind a tree. Hey, listen, that's conjecture. It was <laughs> objection. Rory takes a. <laughs> He misses a fairway to the left, gets behind a tree, and claims that he's going to be playing further to the left. And he like takes a stance, and his foot would be like barely on the path if he was going to play to the left. And if he and took that stance, he wouldn't have been able to make a backswing and get to the golf ball. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was like he was clearly like wiggling to his his body uh, open to be able to get that stance. And the rules official stood up to him and was like, "No, like, like, come on, are you kidding me?" And as soon as he doesn't get the ruling, he turns around, and hits it left handed back into the fairway. Which so re- like, reportedly a rules official not 
uh, known for giving those types of drops. Yeah. Correct? So, so Azinger was was riding hard for that on the broadcast, saying like he really he should have asked for a second opinion. He should have asked for a second opinion, and I don't know, maybe that's Rory. The first time a rules official stood up to a PGA Tour player in the last that was year, sweet. And shout which out I think he was to, a European uh, Tour rules official. That did there we go. Yeah. More WGCs then. Shout yeah. out to NBC for uh, just letting all of that. Play kind out. of breathe. That was fascinating. They even got a close up conversation, camera angle of the ball, yeah. and kind of what they were talking about, where whether the club would hit the tree and all that. Was it my man John Paramore? It was, it not. was not. No, okay. no, no. John he, Paramore would have DQ'd him. So he turns around, hits it left-handed, doesn't make it out to the fairway, tries to hit on the green anyways, hits in the water and makes bogey, and that was the tournament. Which right was another good NBC thing where they're, I don't know if it was Bones or Azinger or both that were kind of both like, okay, one thing, do not hit it in the water, <laughs> Just hit it long. Take a big number out of play. You cannot make bogey here. Don't hit it in the water. And then, he, yeah, it looked, I don't know. It's hard to tell from the telecast, but God, it looked like it wasn't even close. No, it really wasn't close. It was, it was, I don't know. Things were probably moving a bit quickly for him at that point. He ended up actually making bogey. He dropped it and then got up and down from the drop area. But, um, but I, Dustin has a, you know, tap and birdie. And yeah, it was just, like he was kind of pressing, I think, at that point yeah. already. It's like, if I, all right, if I lose strokes on this hole, then it's probably over. And it was. But, um, it, so interestingly enough, so Rory's finishes this year, T4, T5, T4, and now solo second first on the PGA tour in strokes gained on the season. Rory has been the best golfer on the PGA tour so far this year, <laughs> statistically, which I guess. So my question about Rory is why does Rory, why is Rory so good at turning it on almost like after it's too late, right? Like he's, yeah. he's got a propensity for turning it on and, and making a boatload of birdies. I mean, he made, he made what, six birdies on the back nine today, shot 31 with a bogey on 18. Um, and, and like he, he does, he never, it's, he never seems to do that in round two or round three. Yeah. yeah. He did it, in round one. He shot 63 in round one, but yeah, he kind of, it kind of just fizzled for a really long time there, I guess in that middle stretch where we thought he might launch himself forward. And, and maybe it's just sample size. Yeah. And like, it's just, we're just, this is just a weird, well, like trend for him, but it it just seems like there's there's way too many instances, and I mean I, I can think back to like two or three at Augusta alone where he's just he's charging a couple different years at Augusta. Yeah, yeah and he's, he's he's I forgot he played in the final group with Patrick Reed, so they said that. And, yeah, uh, I kind of forgot he was even oh, yeah. like in the picture. <laughs> it's because he's deceased. <laughs> well, he might be deceased. I thought about this um in and you know. I was like, man, he's just not hitting it close enough to the hole. And then I went into Stat Tracker, and he led the field in proximity this week. So it's definitely not that. But I think the frustrating feeling comes from that he gets it so close to the hole. He's in such a great position off the tee. He's, I would say, the best driver of the golf ball in the world. He gets it in such a great position that he doesn't hit it close enough for where he's hitting from. He's still hitting it like way closer than the field does or way closer than... Because he's so far up the fairway. But he's so far up, and yeah. it's, he's hitting quote-unquote average but shots that, from that distance does do the strokes gain like you know approaching the green does that take into account it, you can't gain as many strokes approaching the green if you're super far down the fairway like you just like cat this week sacrificed a but bunch you can of lose the them though too right you can lose them so it's just kind of he has very average approach numbers um but basically what i'm saying is he's, he's hitting killing from, everybody so much yeah off the, off the tee, tee. so but like average from 120 is is different than like good from 160 so like his average from 120 is still better than somebody gaining strokes from 160 so the stats kind of are a little funky in that regard 
The basis being he just doesn't hit it quite close enough for how close he gets it to the green is my is why too, I take it. He's too good. He might he hits it so but like <laughs> the, the, the thing we've talked about for so long is he has so much speed and like the flash speed and the hip separation that, you know, when he when you're hitting wedges, that doesn't really apply that that's tough to dial back. I do think I, I noticed it last week at Riv, he he started hitting he's he's capable of hitting a fade now. For which, sure. Which yeah. I think is yeah. like he hasn't I feel like now he's working the ball both ways and mm-hmm. he's sawing his wedges off a little bit more, getting a little bit more distance control. So I feel like I feel like Rory's trending. I would say so. Nothing, nothing gets me more hot and bothered than good distance control, as you guys know. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to which, pander to you, dude. Which actually, I, I don't know. Solly mentioned that earlier this week. Just like, man, I don't think anybody hits it past the pin more than Rory. Why is and he always yelling sit? Of course, like it kind of becomes confirmation bias after you hear that, but it it was kind of stark yeah. once you start thinking about it like that. You know who else does that? Icarito. He's always long, <laughs> and true. I'm trying to tell him to be short of the hole. I mean, wait, Ty- wait, wait till you guys see Taurus saw season three. <laughs> yeah, but that's gosh. the thing. Like Tiger has always prided himself on hitting it pin high, and that's the easiest place to make putts from. It's where the flattest putts are when you're pin high. And Rory, I feel like, is often above the hole, often putting downhill. That's just I don't have anything to back that up, but I feel like that's what my eyes are seeing. So, All right, speaking of not making putts, you guys want to move on? Let's do it. All sure. right. There's another uh, listener voicemail here. Hey, guys. This is uh, Clay from Alabama. I uh, just want to talk about Jordan Spieth. The guy's putting inside of 10 feet this week was just absolutely abysmal. Uh, I just want to know if it's safe to say that he has the yips. <laughs> Don't know. You know, I'll leave that up to y'all. Appreciate it. All right, a lot of good accents in the uh, great in the listener voicemails. We got them. So the question: Does Jordan Spieth have the yips? I wouldn't say that any of the four of us are necessarily qualified to make that call. But if you guys feel different, well, no, I think means. I think Randy is qualified to make that call <laughs> because he's he's battled for long and hard with the yips. What's your take, Randy? He, yeah, he doesn't truly have the he he doesn't have the type of yips that make you call my friend Hank on uh, Saturday mornings to get a to get a fix. <laughs> Should he go left-handed? That's what Hank says. The last well, no, resort is right? that's the nuclear option. Yeah, the the, the first step is to uh, well, he, you got to he, di- he already puts crosshand, right? The true first step is to diagnose. You got to figure out which hand your your yip is in. Right, is it a left hand? Is it a right hand? Um, and then you got to get that hand essentially. So a lot of it. A lot of them are the right hand, and Hank says you gotta get that palm. <laughs> this you is gotta, Hank Haney we're talking about. You got it, my friend Hank. You gotta <laughs> turn it so it's not facing the hole. Like you, you essentially have to reposition your hand. Okay. So I was trying not to have have this panic. I think yeah. until I really dove into what happened on Saturday, where he, he first of all for the week he was fifty first out of seventy two in strokes gained putting, and far below average, not good. He lost five point two strokes to the field on Saturday putting. That is horrific. That's Wait until you hear the details. <laughs> so he starts on the back nine. On 12, he missed from 4 feet 4 inches. On 15, he missed from 4 feet 5 inches. On 17, he missed from 4 feet 9 inches. On 1, he missed from 5. On 2, he missed from 3 feet. And on 3, he missed from 1 foot 8 inches. And on 6, he missed from 4 feet. Uh, the one foot eight inch. I mean, maybe it was one of those where you go to tap it in. I didn't yeah, see it, but like that's know, the one that downhill when I started diving into these, I'm like, oh my god, he's one sixteenth on the tour this year, just barely below average. Guys, everybody's everybody's selling. I'm gonna buy. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I feel like he's just that weird athlete that once it clicks, it clicks, and he's he's doing something to overcompensate for something, or he's he's got some something mechanical going on. He didn't have Greller on the bag this week, which 
Shout out to Michael. And um, his father Bear passed away. Anybody named Bear is in, is a legend. Had to have yeah. been an absolute legend. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and but but yeah, I mean, I, I think he was probably out, you know, a little bit out of his element this week, and and he's been fighting a little bit of late, and he's got what four weeks now to to or, or really six weeks now to kind of fix it for Augusta. So. If you get the going the wrong way on Poa, like that's what I was gonna say, we can yeah. go bad really quickly. And then you get back on you get back yeah. on Ben or Bermuda, and it's not the same. You thing. feel like you're yeah. playing a different sport, yeah. right? So, so I, not full this panic is button, the, but the most alarming. That we've I'd had be today. more concerned yeah. about if his if his if his long game was was off. If like yeah. if he couldn't find his driver, that would be more concerning no. for me. That wasn't good either. Okay. The, the data's not good there either. But <laughs> his short putting was always kind of. A, a bit misleading, right? Like I think everybody's always thought, thought that he was the much best better. putter in the world. Yeah, and it was really that you know, especially in 2015, there where he's making a ton of 20, 25 footers and kind of it's, skewing some of the stats, which was nuts, which yeah. was crazy. God, he made Absolutely so crazy. many. Long part of it yeah. too is like, is he just like the streakiest putter in the world? Possibly could be. That very well could be. But we he certainly was like, need to consider that option. He was never good, never even above average from four to eight feet. Like that was always been a problem zone for him. And like I remember. Like in 16, the year he almost won the Masters and should have won it, like he was making everything above eight feet and missing so many putts from like between four and eight feet. So I got a question about putting stats, mm -hmm. and I think this is as good a time as any. Um, so if you're below average from four to eight feet on the PGA Tour, like how many missed putts per 100 is that from like being slightly above average? So you, tour players make an eight-foot putt 50% of the time. That's the dividing line. And you make about six-foot putt about 66% of the time, I believe it is. So, I mean, that four, foot eight, it, four to eight feet is a pretty wide range, actually. I mean, a, a lot of putts come from from in that area. Are you, are you asking how many, what percent of, of putts come can, from that area? Well, I didn't, yeah. And I guess my point is, I think I would trade being like the best putter from four to eight feet to be like the best putter from... 20 plus feet i see what you're saying yeah. i would prefer to be better from four to eight feet you're because gonna have way more well like, i feel like the the range is so tight there where it's like okay i'm i can be below average from four to eight feet but w what are we talking about like one putt a weekend you know one stroke well, whereas if i'm the best from 20 plus feet maybe that's finding you know <laughs> oh god so speed more strokes had, but i don't know the answer to that speed has had 91 putts from between four and eight feet this year He's made 53. That's 198th on tour, which uh, might be dead last. I don't know. From 20 to 25 feet, he's 89th. And from greater than 25 feet, he's third. So he's basically the best lag player on the yeah. planet. Well, you said the leader. How many is the leader? The leader in putting from four to eight feet is Martin Piller. He's at 43 attempts, made 35. So 81%. It, it basically goes 81%, 80%, 80%, 80%. So. And if Spieth was making 80%, he would have made somewhere between 25 more putts this year. Okay. So way more than you would make in the increment if you're yeah. from, the, from the long range. So, yeah. um, Shout out to the shrimp. He's T2 in that stat, four, putting for 48 feet. <laughs> it's my guy. So yeah. I, think, I think the way Mark Brody would say is like everything above 8 feet is relatively – basically what he tells amateurs is – Either chip it close or it doesn't matter where it goes because once you get more than 10 feet away, you're probably going to two-putt. It's so, yeah, you're yeah. probably going to two-putt. After after playing golf in California for nine or 10 days and putting on POA and, and like I was thrilled to get back to Bermuda, which, which I is hate. saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the, I was the exact same way. Um, you guys want to talk about the big cat? 
Sure. What did you guys think? Brandel made a big deal about his strategy off the tee this week, laying back a bit off the tee. Um, do you guys, was there anything to that in your guys' opinion? It was like Litham and, or uh, Hoylake in 06, right? <laughs> a little different. <laughs> different result. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's It seemed really suspect when you saw Dustin and Rory bombing it over all, in all these tight spots and I don't know I don't have a great I don't have a great answer for it but it, it See, doesn't I don't, I don't think Tiger's got that gear like, I, I we've been I feel like we've been yelling at the TV for years to take driver out of his bag and like you get to this golf course which is narrow as hell with trees everywhere I feel like he he's not a guy that stands up and has extreme confidence in jamming driver into some of these places that yeah, Rory and Tiger were trying true. to jam it. So it kind of almost speaks a little bit to the Chipotlepec stuff because a lot of people see this incredibly tight golf course and they're like, "Oh man, this is you know this should favor short hitters." And then why do we see Dustin and Rory up there? And I think what gets lost in that is Dustin and Rory for how long they are drive it so incredibly straight, so straight. And Tiger doesn't do that. It's like not bomb and gouge. Yeah. Like the people think it's bomb and gouge, but it's like. These guys are so unbelievably accurate, and they're like as accurate as middle of the road players, and just way further down the fairway. Well, and that's where I was kind of. They're, also, on they're also driving it over some of the stuff. Correct. Sure. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. So, I'm still on speed page. That a lot of the shorter guys can't. That's where it almost kind of seems like Chipotlepec really punishes those guys in the middle. Because Rory and Dustin, when they're driving it over a lot of this stuff, it's like, you know, they're closer to the green and they can wedge out or whatever and still probably get to the green from a shorter distance. Whereas Jordan, when he's driving it crooked at this place, he's giving up, you know, 20 yards or or whatever, and he's way further back and all of that stuff. And it just kind of starts to snowball. So You kind of see that with Kucher in the yeah. third round. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Playing alongside those yeah. guys. He finished, yeah, he was playing alongside DJ and he, he finished 23 shots behind DJ for the week. Jesus, <laughs> blown out to Think, see. Things are moving after quickly. his four putt, hey, which was. Awesome. You don't have to tip ten percent if you don't win. That's, <laughs> that's a heady play, yeah. But so that's kind of where with with a golf course, which elevation equivalent was playing somewhere between sixty one and sixty two hundred yards. <laughs> I have a hard time being like, Dri- "Hey, Tiger, you didn't pound driver enough." When over the overall goal is after two shots to be close to the hole, right? Tiger was sixth in proximity to the hole this week, so like. I don't, he's coming in pots. Couldn't make any pots. He led the field in approach, but like it, laying back to 200 yards at this altitude is like nine iron. Like that's not like a, a, a insane layup. So I, I was, I thought some of that was misguided. He didn't drive it well. I mean, hitting one OB off the first tee to start the tournament um, set him back pretty far. Um, that is weird. that is wild that he was that good in proximity. Yeah. That sixth from from playing all the way back there is yeah I guess that kind of debunks a lot of yeah that, a lot I of almost stuff. feel like it out like I've never really played at altitude or the one time I played at altitude in like Montana I, I didn't realize I was at altitude until half, <laughs> until halfway through the round and Neil and I looked at each other and we were flabbergasted we were like I just I just flew that green by twenty <laughs> yards man like oh yeah we're at four thousand feet or you know um, but I feel like it would almost be tougher to hit half wedges and figure out what all your wedges were doing than, than just to hit a yeah. full hit a stock. Full stock yeah. It's not you know? 25. It's not 15% for a wedge. Like it's not exactly. 15%. It's, like it's a the very, bag. very yeah. variable. Right. Yeah. On, on average tiger hit it closer than Dustin this week. Yeah. That's nutty. So yeah, nuts. he didn't put it great. I think the broadcast was kind of acting like he would have won this tournament if he'd have putted normal. I mean, he putted about field average. He was 38th in strokes gained putting. He did miss a ton of putts on Sunday, uh, but they were just kind of like, yeah, he, just, he can't make it. Can make any putts. It kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't. He he hurt himself off the tee. That's kind of what held him back, at least a little bit. Um, and not not laying back, but like not even being accurate for yeah. the most part off the tee. So, 
Um, I don't think there's a ton to take away from that. He hadn't seen that golf course ever before. I mean, he, uh, if I, think it's a, I think it's a win for Tiger. Yeah, yeah I right? think if that's a performance that we're kind of like somewhat disappointed in, then I think that's a good sign yeah. of things then to come. He, so he's taking next week off, and then he's playing hometown event, Bay Hill. And then, it, I mean, it's not really his hometown event. Well, I know it's he's going to be home yeah. in town and yeah. not play the event. It's sick. Um, yeah, that's the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's the dream. Rory too, right? Yeah. And then so so then he'll play Bay Hill, and then he'll play players, and then he'll play match, match play, play, and then the schedule. And then Augusta. We're there. Yeah, yeah. The, the schedule did not do Honda any favors. That's no, like the event that's kind of like. Well, I guess Jack was kind of pissed about it, but at the end of the day, like they. They carved out a spot and made Memorial a priority and cool. Yeah. You you like you can't have it both ways and yeah. and then you're gonna all right cool. If you want to make Honda a big priority, then Bay Hill goes by the wayside. So yeah. there's no good way to do it. Right. No, definitely not. I think one. I really honestly treated this event like a major this weekend. Like I was <laughs> de- like dead set on watching as much of it as I could just because it's so fun to watch guys play golf holes like this and to be clear i think this golf course is like so bad that it's good like it's so fun to watch guys navigate around these 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 trees and play this crazy slopes on these greens and the crazy elevation i think after more than a week of it you could kind of sick of it but i i seriously love the change of pace in this tournament every year yeah i i agree i don't know how it's hard to say how quickly i would get sick of it because i really really like it a lot and i love the recovery shots and i love all of that stuff shout Uh, out club pro guy club pro guy this is like like a super bowl exactly (laughs) uh yeah i don't know i i loved it i'm a little bummed that it uh that it turned into such a runaway which is so boring you know whatever nothing anybody can do about that but um yeah, I don't know. I just it's the perfect change of pace, especially at this time of the year when you've you've kind of been watching like the the Tory Pines kind of slugfest type type of places, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love it. It's great. What's funny is we were watching as Tiger went into the bunker on the ninth hole on Friday. We were like looking at where these bunkers were like sandwiched in between trees. And we we're like, this is so bad. And then Tiger came up with like the shot of the year probably so far out of that bunker. It's kind of like, all right, well, it gave us that moment. So Okay. So when I, for the for the. For the listener, when you say it's so bad, I was just going to say I take issue with the the adjective bad. I I don't know what that means. I agree. I think it's a little reductive. I know it's it's bad according to golden age architecture. It's overgrown. It's it's hella overgrown. Yeah, sure. Which, but I'm not. I'm not equating that with bad. I'm not gonna. I just yeah. want to it throw, just, lay it, out the case it for why it feels like the course that you grew up playing. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. which well, is cool. Yeah, I feel like courses are like art. Like your bad is like fine. Your bad is bad, but it doesn't make it objectively bad. I agree. You know? no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's, I don't, I'm not saying objectively bad, but like just the, the like this particular shot, you're in a bunker already, and there's a tree right in front of you. Like <laughs> as a double penalty, it's kind of just like, that's, that's like it. oh, it's oh, that, like that's way more exciting to watch guys play a course like this than a quote unquote like better test of well, golf. And my rebuttal, and we talked about it as it was happening, was like what that produced the iconic tiger shot of the last five years. So it's you know forced well, to hit a shot, a exactly. prescribed shot. Yeah. So. It's like I'm glad they put a tree in between the two bunkers. I, I think I think it's quirky. I'm, I'm not, you know, for me, quirky equals good. Mm-hmm. I I don't um, think it was bad. You just want to see variety. You want to see something different. Yeah. I think. That yeah. This, Without this a doubt, I just something. think like I would not like, want to see a golf course that tree lined every single week of the year. I think it just that doesn't. I don't think that's a great, wonderful, entertaining test of golf. But that's my opinion. It's produced good leaderboards though. I mean, some of that's the For WGC. Sure. Not, not, it's kind yeah, of not an option. Good yeah, yeah. We, and we bang on the tour a lot. I bang on the tour a lot. The fact that there's a WGC event 
in Mexico City at this course that I was looking around Google Earth the other day, and I, I can't figure out how they get <laughs> even half the tents and people and you know all the infrastructure in there. And it is remarkable that they moved the tournament from Doral to Mexico City, yeah. and it's like a it's a win for the fans. And the fans are awesome there. Yeah, well, a the fans are awesome there, and b it's awesome to watch on TV where. Doral was one of my least favorite tournaments of the right. year. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and it's it's funny how Kuchar actually benefited from going to Mexico because those fans are so nice and supportive. Like he got harassed at Riv, and the fans there <laughs> are just like excited for their tournament. They didn't yeah. care about the Kuchar thing. Like and that was kind of a story going into it. was he was he going to get harassed? But did DJ's brother? I didn't notice it today. Did he have the Trump logo hmm. on his sleeve? I didn't notice. I didn't it. notice. I didn't know we were looking for that. <laughs> well, yeah, he always wears like that. That it's basically the Trump logo that he's got on the side of his plane with seven thirty seven or seven fifty seven, and he's got that on the side of his sleeve. We must mention, of course, the uh, first tee announcer is maybe one of the top five <laughs> great sure. things about golf. Totally, that guy brings the heat. <laughs> Calls it, introduces DJ as DJ Dustin Johnson. <laughs> he's got a great aesthetic too. Yeah, he, he does. Like, like, he's, 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 he's born star or something. Born for that role. Yeah. The Grupo Salinas guy in the booth. I mean, yeah. he's got a great aesthetic. He's got a great, the maroon jacket and everything. With a big patch yeah. on it. Which, going back Very to cool. the to the uh, Austin Johnson thing, like I just asked that because I hope he didn't have it on there. I, I would think that's not. That would be a little, super aggro yeah, and like, have some respect for the people yeah. that are there. I think, I think when a lot of people see this golf course, uh, I don't know. I, I just I think that the average fan looks at that and Without looks no. at it as much more exciting than like quote-unquote bad. I guess is my my main takeaway from this week, and I think that I think that almost I, I don't know I could see people making the case for this is why we should play way more tree lined golf courses because mm. and and I don't know like how to necessarily argue that I know that the the stock argument is trees are bad for the average player because they slow everything down and they make the game harder and and all of those things but at the same time it's like it kind of feels like swooping in and telling people that what they like is bad and i don't want to be in that business i guess Does that make sense for sure i uh, yeah i agreed with you. yeah i'm with you well i think too it's, it's it's when people go back to their club and say hey we need to take down trees and they say why yeah. I, I just watched this tournament and it's totally. awesome and that sort of thing and to a certain extent you know, yeah, trees force decisions and they, yeah, they, they don't necessarily create options for you, but if you're going to prescribe the option and you got to hit that shot, sometimes that makes for just as good a golf where, hey, you, you got to do this. And if you don't do it, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're hosed. You're fucked. You're That's what the pros love though. That's what they love, like being dictated, like where I need to hit it. But I think that kind of, kind of, this is like extreme Firestone, right? It is. And it kind of gets to the larger point, which is that the whole like width and options, width and angles thing, like doesn't work on on the PGA Tour. Like, I hear you there. I'm because you there. either either you're going to have either, to make it play yeah. extremely firm, which is hard to guarantee. I was going to say the greens are always too too soft for it. Yeah, yeah. and or you're going to like or guys are going to shoot 900 under par. Or the or the tour doesn't have an appetite for explaining to guys. Yeah, which hey, I kind of hey, here's get. here's like, why there's a short grass runoff right that goes 30 yards from the green like at trinity forest last year yeah so it's i don't know it's hard i think it gets into the the bell reeve conversation as well why people were like upset with saying bell reeve is bad and all these things and it eventually when when we're looking at this as like an entertainment product you start to look at okay the leaderboard at bell reeve was really good and the tournament was really good and like i don't know why am i fighting on what's what's that was a, that was a bad, that this that is a, a bad, bad golf yeah I, but bad like I, I don't yeah i don't know <laughs> 
I, I just don't care, I guess. <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, like yeah. you, you say that, like if, if Big Cat wasn't at Bell Reeve and Brooks would have ran away with it, we wouldn't have been like. But that's kind of every tournament, to be honest. Uh, without a doubt, <laughs> if you can guarantee, if, look, if you just said Bell Reeve, that we designed this course sure. because it means Tiger's going to compete, I'd be like, good, that, yeah, in on that. I don't like, know. Augusta should have done that instead of quote unquote Tiger proofing it or whatever they did. Like, yeah, it was great for the game when Tiger was dominating Augusta. So, so I think the onus is on the Riddler. For sure, to bring Augusta back to Start hey, everyone's going to follow his if the, lead. If yeah. the cat can can hit it anywhere he wants off the tee, and then basically conjure something up on the approach shots, and you're going to have great drama down the stretch, why why wouldn't you want to do that? Cut down the rough, chop down those trees that you planted off the side of 15 and some of those other holes, and let's do it up, man. All in on that. Um, we ended the last podcast. Be or on the last podcast, we were quite. Uh, hard on another broadcasting partner uh what was your guys assessment of nbc coming back into the fold this week i'm, I'm retired i'll let you guys take this one <laughs> randy go ahead uh, well I, I i was traveling in the rv last week so i i wasn't really a part of the conversation i continue to think the nbc telecast is perfectly adequate yep. I, it suited my needs i and like dj i am to the point where i'm I, I just can't muster the, the energy to care much week in and week out. I watched the entire day yesterday. And I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I mean, just it was fast paced. It was even when they're showing putt after putt after putt, it's like they're they're showing twice as many of those putts as the other broadcast partner that we won't mention. But yeah, I, I mean, everything's working in symphony with each other. It's it. There's there's a certain level of of comfort and there's a certain level of confidence with the broadcast to where they feel like they've, they've got the right people there and, and they've got the guys on the ground and they've got enough cameras out there to capture everything. And it's like, Hey, let's, let's make sure this thing goes point A to point B to point C to point D instead of just saying, cool, we're just going to go from point A to point B. No, I thought they were, I thought Thursday through Saturday was like really, really solid and like a very refreshing change of pace. Sunday, whether it was actually true or not, I feel like I noticed the commercials a heck of a lot more. It may have some, had something to do with, you know, DJ kind of it never really being that close. But Sunday felt a bit slow, a bit like, you know, I was kind of like, all right, I'm ready for something to happen here or some, something to, to kind of captivate me the way the first few days did. I thought they did an awesome job with all the elevation stuff, like constantly putting yeah. up graphics to see, you know, that that's so important to this event. And it does tell the story. I think I actually got an altitude headache by the end of it, by all the, all the times they mentioned back, it. Going back to the to the course, if this course was at sea level or you know, let's say they were playing a 63 or 6,400 mm-hmm. yard course at sea level, would would that be as interesting? Would they be hitting the variety of shots? Right. Would would they be flying greens with wedges, that sort of thing? Like I think it would. I think it's all. It's like a perfect storm of this. This is a really cool tournament, mm-hmm. and this this course is good because of because it's at altitude, because it's tight, because it's like there's a there's a ton of variables and everything that are kind of in play. I think the other thing too is Thursday, Friday during during an NBC week. Like that's when I really, really noticed the difference, and I don't know. Flows, I don't know what yeah. the dynamics are there. I don't know who's producing that. I don't know if that's, you know, the NBC guys in there versus the other networks guys in there. But I, I like the entire pacing and and just motivation to show golf seems to be different on an NBC week, even on Thursday, Friday when they aren't technically the broadcast partner. What'd you guys think of uh, Bryson's new incident? Thursday afternoon, um, after a very poor putting round, takes his putter out. Randy's Randy's got a, 
I was going to say, I, I can muster some energy here. Randy, this is Randy's boy, so we'll let him. I do like Bryson. Randy kind of wants to, Randy might make a leave Bryson alone video. <laughs> <laughs> Here's where I net out. We're going to, trying to think of the right word. We're going to pressure. We're going to. Neuter. You know, essentially pressure Bryson into being neutered. He's he's going to, you know, be on his P's and Q's at all times, you know, on camera especially. And, you know, as a result, I think the fan is the one that's going to get hurt because I guarantee at some point in the next year, I'm going to be on here talking about, you know what, there just aren't that many interesting guys in professional golf. Like, who is grabbing my attention? Be it you know, good or, you know, bad from a drama perspective. Like, I love it. He's <laughs> like, wh- who, who and what is he really hurting with that? Like, I, one, I don't really get the outrage over it, except for, obviously, it's on the heels of the bunker incident, and I think he's a bit of a didn't take easy target. over it. Over we're talk- No, yeah. over, like, either of them. Like, I mean, Sergio, like, he, well, was, like, publicly, he was public enemy number one for 10 days. Like, Sergio he, also got he basically took the heat off the Saudis. <laughs> Sergio got disqualified for tearing up. <laughs> yeah. It's well, way they don't worse. See, well, yeah, I was going to say, they don't really seem like equal no. events. So I don't think Bryson should have gotten But the there's a Sergio trend did. in play here for Bryson. I mean, there's a... Well, sure. like, are, are you affected? I, I'm, I'm curious, like, how it affects... I, I mean, I wasn't affected by Sergio's either, but... That's what I'm saying. Like, as a fan, right? Back to, like, if golf is an entertainment product, like, I don't understand why are we upset? Oh, no, no. I think it's two things. Like, Bryson, like, shouldn't do what he did. Like, definitely not. But, but like, do but I like, like why? it for, like, I, but for why? content purposes? Let me do pull I that like thread. It? No, no, let me pull that thread. Why? Like, if every player's going out slamming clubs into green, like, destroying, like, that's a horrible example Same to reason set. why, like, p- was the green destroyed? An issue. Like, if every player does that, if There's all the juniors. Green, we should point out. Yeah. There's yeah. Putting green. Is that, like, like, at the highest level, like, do we want everyone in golf to be, think that's okay it's to like, treat all a right, golf Randy, course Randy, like, way? do you want to go out to Jack's Beach this week and, and have the guy in front of us slamming <laughs> this putter? And, like, I guarantee people do. Like you don't no, think people not like that. I mean that was that was. Oh, I guarantee serious... what happens at Jack's Beach is far worse <laughs> than anything we'll see on tour. Right, but if that is okay to do, then like it, then so everyone could in theory do that. And like, what would a green look like if everyone came through and slammed their club into it like that? Right. I guess my point is probably like what they look like now. I, <laughs> I, 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 no, we got a nice new product. Yeah, man. you can't. You can't be. This seems like this seems like the, the old Charles Barkley NBA. Like, listen, I'm not your. I'm not. not your, I'm not a role kids. model. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to raise your kids and as as an entertainment uh entity yeah i don't want bryson to raise my kids like be entertaining <laughs> listen i don't want bryson to raise my kids either but you, you might be i think I'm, it's such faux out like it's such misplay like who cares? everyone is <laughs> super who fired cares? up right now everyone's so mad about everything right now I am with like i'm weirdly with you but i also think you might be a, a bridge too far yeah. for me like I get the sentiment of what you're saying, where it's it's kind of like let's you know. If he wouldn't have destroyed pretend. the bunker in R- Riviera last week, yeah. oh come Columbus. on, we talk about like it's like it's 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 like a crater in the like <laughs> you know it's like bombed out now. I, I just oh my gosh. <laughs> what would you? Have, you're a scumbag. What would you, what would you have scumbag. preferred? What would you prefer to happen? In response to him doing that, yeah. or so he's he's shown on BBC or Sky or whatever it was. 
taking a big chunk out of the putting green and then fixing it immediately. Which, well, how, how about we, that underrated <laughs> element of it? Like this wasn't even which is this, this was in the background of their like post game. But show the, the caddy hands him the putter yeah. to do it too. That's the best part. Uh, it's so what? So what would you have? Like we just all kind of laugh at it. Everyone like has we just a laugh did, and then, you, and then you move on. Yeah. yeah. But like, like, all right, I'm, so what if 30 kind of guys, there. it's 144 <laughs> man I mean, Tron, you're asking me things that don't affect me. Like, <laughs> if 30 guys did it, I, I still don't care. I like it. It's chaos. There's it's not going to be a practice putting green there anymore, though. Well, I'm sure that the two, like, I'm sure there's money to fix it. It's it's just so far, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the slippery slope argument. Like, well, what if is everybody like, It's like, why it? is Bryson allowed to act like an asshole and... Nobody else on tour is. I, I think other because Bryson's the top. I think five other guys player? are a lot. I mean, I, I think anybody could do that. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I guess I okay. Well, you know he he's gonna he's gonna fit inside golf's little box sooner or later, and then we'll be back to like, oh, why isn't miserable. this entertaining? Well, like, he had, you he know, had, here's another tournament I'm watching. I don't. These guys are all kind of vanilla and whitewashed and. I just feel like we can't have it both ways. We can't demand more personalities for golf to like go back to how it was. And then when we see personality, when we see stuff like that, then we just berate him. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with him doing that as long as he gets, you know, if there's a requisite consequence for it and he wants to keep doing it, cool. All for it. Well, he had the, the PR team of uh, Watson Scott – uh, working with him to, to rectify Which, this. I think this is why I'm so pissed about it. This is from uh, Bubba or Ted Scott's Twitter or I don't know, something. You do that, Bubba. I don't know. I've been I've been off to this week. Shot over par yesterday. So I'm trying, I, I can't get the bounce right. It's spinning sometimes. This is a video from Ted Scott's Twitter or something. I'm not sure. They're in the locker room. For those of you who didn't see this, they're walking around looking for Bryson. Is somebody shirtless in this one? No one's shirtless. That was the other one. Yeah. Bounce right. Yeah. So I want to know how are you detecting the firmness of the greens? How are you getting where you can guess how it's going to bounce or spin? Dude, it's pretty simple. I mean, all you got to do is just kind of test. Bryson's using his arm like a fulcrum. Straight, you can get it. Yep. What you got to do is obviously contract the bicep, both heads. Yep. And, and he's basically explaining how he destroyed the screen. It's very funny. Uh, you should all we check say it destroy- out. <laughs> See, like words matter again. Like, is the green destroyed? Look, again, Chaos Theory loves this. Yeah. Like, do I actually care about this? No. No, hold on. Like, is the green destroyed? Not. No, it's not destroyed. No. Okay. Practice green. Slamming. It's the practice green destroyed. Well, so the Sergio- so, someone called it the rub of the green. <laughs> the Sergio stuff is way different because that was comp- like competitive yeah, greens sure. where he's affecting the competition. Yeah, I kind of agree with you that this this really doesn't mean anything. No, it, I, I think it's people who don't like Bryson want a reason to totally. yell at Bryson. Yeah, totally. But and, like, and I, I hate, guess my larger issue Bryson. with this isn't isn't this per se. It's we're going to try to. Force Bryson into golf's boring box that everybody else gets placed into. Right, and I think that's a shame. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is another listener voicemail. Hey, guys. Terry from Carlsbad, and I have a question for you. I heard that Callaway, um, you know, the best and most dynamic golf company in the universe. Here we go. The number one driver at the World Golf Championship down in Mexico. <laughs> and I know that has to be because of the new flash face technology combined with jailbreak, giving all these tour players massive jumps in ball speed. And also looks so damn sexy with his carbon crown and 
adjustable perimeter waiting. This, this caller seems to have um, quite an agenda to be pushing <laughs> on this call. Um, Where are the Callaway oh, headquarters? Yeah. So my question is, I'm thinking about irons on I tour. I thought right we said now. quick takes. I know that Callaway invented the forged distance iron with the Apex. All right, get it in and here. I know that the all-new yep. Apex with its ridiculously fast cup face technology and urethane <laughs> microspheres sure. make that long Harry, do you have a forged question? iron feel ridiculously buttery. Um, doesn't even seem possible in a forged yeah. iron, really. Harry, there's got to be a question. Come on, buddy. Well, if you couple that with a chrome soft golf ball, <laughs> oh my gosh. you know, the ball that changed the ball because it brought golfers everywhere, that combination of low compression, great feel, fast ball speeds due to its graphene-infused soft fast core, ultra-thin tour urethane cover. <laughs> Get to so it. I got two wins on tour already. Two wins. You guys know that. Um, so, uh, yeah, so my question is this. <laughs> Here we go. Do any of you guys backstop when you play casual <laughs> rounds with your buddy? I'll hang up and listen. Well, thank you to uh, what we can only assume was the chief marketing officer of Callaway Golf, Harry Arnett, for uh, that incredibly specific question. Uh, do any of you backstop while playing competitive rounds? Tron, uh, I'm going to start with you here, I would think. This is, this is kind of your bread and butter on both sides. On both sides. Well, Tron is currently doing the Ray Lewis dance <laughs> to get ready to come in to do these takes. <laughs> Um, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that to you. Do it. Do I backstop? I've never yes. seen someone so incredibly pro and anti backstopping, <laughs> depending on the context. Hey, typically when we're out at Jack's Beach or Timaquana or wherever we're out at, we're playing a game, right? Sure. And I I have a teammate in that game. I'm typically trying to provide a backstop for my teammate. <laughs> I, I think when we were in California, I heard you say, quote, Randy, don't you even think about marking that fucking golf ball. <laughs> so, you might say it's applied differently for uh, professional yeah. golf that it might be. In, in we're not playing for, you know, as J.B. Holmes said, millions of dollars. <laughs> well, all right. So the backstopping reared its, uh, it was disgusting. reared its head this week on the LPGA. I... I I kind of want to. I'm going to retire preemptively from this one too because I do not I got, care about backstopping. I, I got to say, I am tapping out too. Yeah. I got to say, Solly waded into backstopping <laughs> this weekend. I regret it so much. And Solly, how did that go? But for there's you? a good reason why I did because I felt like I try not to get into it because I think for the most first of all, Tron has covered this topic to plenty for for all of us. But Tron's this like was Neil deGrasse Tyson of backstopping. This was the reason why I got into it was like this was the most egregious one that I've seen at any. Any, at any level and it had fist bump everything to it it had like so what what happened if you missed it this video came from duncan french it's been looped two hundred thirty-eight thousand times so people like were really fired up about this people in are one keen way or on um area jutanagarn hits a chip onto the green from greenside uh she like walks towards it to start going to go mark her ball and she asks amy olsen if she should go mark it she like kind of motions to her and she's like, her momentum is going in that direction. And like Amy clearly, like Amy's off screen, but like tells her not to. And so like area stops like by the green. Amy Olsen hits her chip shot, waved her off, hits her shot. It's flying by the hole, bangs off area's ball, stops right next to the hole. They go laugh about it and they go fist bump each other by the hole. So <laughs> again, the rule in stroke play under rule 15.3, if two or more players agree to leave a ball in place on the putting green to help any player, and the stroke is made with that helping ball left in place, each player who made the agreement gets two penalty strokes. If that motion to like, hey, should I mark it? And like, no, 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 you're fine, isn't an agreement. Like, what are they, they expecting them to sign a contract on the green like, or something? It seems like Arias was like, hey, that, that's clearly in your Yes, in like your it's going to help of, you. Yes. Like, this is good. Like, so my whole point to it was like, all right, 
and there's a couple arguments against it that are really bad. I think we'll touch on those. But if the ball was between where Amy was playing and the hole, she would have given her the time to go mark it because it would have like negatively affected her. Or or within a probably a two foot yeah window between yes where her line was. Well, so that's not a pace of play thing if that's the case. Because like if I'm a hundred yards out and there's a ball like a foot in front of the hole. I'm not sending somebody up to go market. This That's is a pace the of play only thing. time when professional golfers ever give a shit about pace of play. <laughs> it's exactly the point. Yeah. And like, if the ball was eight feet behind the hole, I wouldn't have really had an issue with this. It's like kind of that gray area. You should, still shouldn't do it, but like, it wasn't as blatant as this. And if you're not going to call a penalty for something this blatant then like we're, we're done and moving on. Like that's why I want to put closure to this. Like God, the people God that willing. said, well, so hold <laughs> fingers on. crossed the people that said, all right, area and, and, um, Amy and uh, Amy were like, they're like the two most honest. I'm sure cool, that's, that's fine. Even if it was out of like ignorance, cool. Like they still like their intent was still clear that the thing that makes me mad is when people respond on Twitter and say, yeah, but like, if they're that good to oh. to aim at a ball that's that's you know six inches behind the hole and and two feet to the right, why wouldn't they just, why aim, for the they just aim for the hole? Like literally, no one's arguing. That. I, I do agree with you there. Like, <laughs> that's the, fact the dumbest is that they're, thing they're I've ever not heard. Not that good, and the ball was going to go way past the hole. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's so like, hey, like there's there's a dispersion pattern yeah. here, you know. And what we're talking about pace of play when you're actually green side is we're talking about the difference between like ten and twenty seconds, like. Less than less than one percent of any part of a round. It's like I think Kip, I think Kip Henley said it on Twitter today. He was, he was like, he was like, yeah, they were they were really far off the green. They were they were like eight yards off the green. They were so they were like at the hole. I, I actually timed this out. They're at the hole, fist bumping, twelve seconds after the balls made contact. So like that's how far away they were. And so my overall point to all this, and people have asked like it's actually a fair question to ask like where's the dividing line? And I I don't think there's a definitive answer to that. But I know if I'm playing a greenside shot, whether or not I, the ball should be marked. Uh, and golfers, this is a game of integrity. Like, you know whether a ball is sitting there potentially going to help you. Like, in your head, you Actually, know. Actually, I had beers with Pricey. Aaron Price earlier, he said they should have, the tours should have a, like, 25 yards out or 30 yards out or however far out they want. Just a, just a simple line that, all right, cool. If you're, if you're outside of that backstopping is in play if you're inside of that you have to mark why don't they just get some more free volunteers out there to as soon as the ball touches the green they go out there and mark it like in tennis you get the ball boys running out there in tennis that'd be kind of sick but yeah no one's accusing i wasn't accusing anybody of cheating and but it also states in the rule even if you're not were, aware were of this you rule, not? i didn't say cheating I think the rule was violated without it, without any. Question I don't. Yet. I don't think they were. Well, I, I think they were so ignorant to it that they weren't yes. intentionally cheating. I think Ari, like Ari Schoenegarn, is one of my favorite players yeah. in women's golf. Like she's awesome. But you know, a just like enforce the rules. Like the fact that they didn't enforce it in this scenario means they're never, ever, ever going to enforce it ever. And so the, I think the only solution here, and it's not going to get solved, but like it's on the player. It's on Ari Schoenegarn. Get up there and mark your ball. And once you've declared your intent to mark it. The other player cannot play. Like it is a penalty if they play. So it's up to the players to do it. They won't police it because they haven't. They both said, "All right, we're we're never gonna we're never gonna do this again." We're all right, cool. Well, if you if you didn't do anything wrong this time, yeah, why would you do anything differently? And if you they're playing a match against each other, there's no way she would have left that ball there. That's the bottom line. If there was if this was match play, TC said so. (laughs) No, 
If it was match play, are you leaving yep. that ball there? Not a chance. Yeah. Hell no. If it's a 70-second hole, there's no way you would have done it. Yeah. And it was a one-shot difference. So that answers the question. We can put it to bed until next week when a new incident comes All right, comes we need up. to... Right. We, Let's we, get we, some more voicemails. We need to wake Randy up here. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Cool. Hey, guys. Uh, Arthur calling in from Goodwood, Ontario, up in beautiful Canada. A lot of Canadian voicemails. Um, Great wood. Golf panel last night had a rebroadcast of the 1984 Players' Championship for a couple of one. It's a great watch. It had it all. Um, big question is, why isn't Golf Channel doing this all the time instead of replaying the Legend of Bagger Vance for the 8,000th time? Uh, that's it. That's all. Thanks for all the content. That was a very defeated. Sounds like it's been a long winter for Arthur. Yeah, it's a very defeated sounding voicemail from Arthur. Uh, So, as I understand this, uh, I mean, I think this is something that Golf Channel or the tour or whoever obviously has thought of. Like, we're not the first people to to think of this, but I think that the way it works, uh, according to some hashtag sources, is uh, that basically Golf Channel has to pay every time any kind of PJ Tour footage is on there their TV or is on their, their air that comes out of a, you know, a bucket of broadcast rights that they were, that they paid for or whatever. And so I think the easiest way to say it is like, it's cheaper to run the legend of Bagger Vance. Without a doubt. So I think they save these kinds of highlight shows for, you know, like the 1984 players was won by Fred couples and Fred couples is on Faraday. And so there was like some self-interest in uh in actually running that one this week and then they also save it for the masters and the u.s open and all that stuff which is awesome it sucks for it kind of seems like the worst of both of all worlds uh both for the pj tour because they don't have you know like how sick would it be to have old wgc i guess it'd be doral or or whatever this week but like old some old tiger doral win this week leading up to mexico or that maybe is a bad example but some old honda classic or some old you know whatever have those each week would be awesome for everybody and you would think it'd be awesome for the tour but i also get that they gotta you know whatever they sell something that's worth a lot of money and they gotta protect that and draw the line somewhere so like a lot of things in golf it kind of seems like uh like the worst case scenario for all parties involved for all the fans for all the fans for all for golf channel and for the tour it kind of seems like everybody loses in this scenario but say la vie i guess seems like cutting off your arm to spite your hand yeah it's like the major like overlying issue we have with the tour is like a lack of kind of vision for what the game could be if it's reaching more people and like they would rather view it from a business perspective and which i get people but it's at a small level i get it if if you want to meet your short-term goals and hit your powerpoint numbers then yeah i get it but let's uh let's move on Good question because that's something we lament all the time. Real quick on that, I watched some of that eighty-four. It was first of all, it was awesome. TPC looked so cool. Lee Trevino on Sunday while he was in contention got interviewed on the seventeenth tee before he hit his tee shot. It was awesome. (laughs) Like I didn't know that could happen. Well, that happens on the. Well, that's the thing. Every time they Sony, every time they show one of these things where it's whether it's the Calvin P ear or like ninety-three or ninety-four when the weather was crazy. I'm always left like, man, like I'd watch so many more yeah. of these, yeah. and it's all right, cool. Like, you don't want Golf Channel to show them, cool. Like, if I'm a PGA Tour live subscriber, I get access I think, to these. I think or, they did this with a YouTube thing a while ago. 
uh, I forget what it was called. I think it was like PJ Tour Rewind or something like that, where they threw a ton of these up on YouTube and you had to pay like five dollars to access them, but they didn't really market it. And I don't like I don't the whole really thing is like watching it with other people too, like yeah. being able to to yeah have community with totally. it. And yeah. all that. but like part of the reason why we picture the majors so vividly is they have these highlight shows yeah. on around every, pretty much every you know Masters. They'll do a marathon like. Do that with the players. I don't have memories of the players. So are you, are you suggesting that the players should, should be a major? I didn't say that. If, if they want it to be a major, then yeah, that's the first place to start. It's like give people image. Like what's your, I don't have memories of the of the players in the 90s. And yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right, let's move on. This is Connor from Atlanta. Guys, I just wanted to ask, why do we always have to listen to the How to Train Your Dragon movie <laughs> premiere during the golf telecast? I don't understand why, but. This one Seems is like really close to my heart. Uh, why, do we, why do we have to deal with the How to Train Your Dragon promos on golf? I don't know the answer, but that really grinded my gears this week, too. I got to imagine that's, I don't know, some Comcast. There's only like four companies in the world. So I'm sure Comcast owns DreamWorks, owns whatever. I thought that was just targeted marketing towards me. No, no. How to Train Your Dragon was all over the telecast. It's like one of the three things I remember most vividly about this broadcast. So I was very happy to hear that voicemail. I don't have anything else to add. We can move on. I just wanted to air that. It, it always sounds sexual to me. How to train your dragon? That's scummy. Get you're, your head out of here. You woke up from your nap to say that. <laughs> yeah, get your head out of here. You're not allowed to see Freddie anymore. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Golf Channel stuff. Why do I have to watch a Live Under Par commercial every commercial segment? There's a lot of like, hey, you're watching golf. Here's a commercial for golf. Yeah, like, like players live under par or some other nebulous PGA tour commercial. Is it's it like, Hey, cool. Inventory? We could probably, no, we could probably cut down on, on four minutes, uh, you know, like four minutes every two hours yeah. of these commercials just from, or use those commercials to tell Like we, we lament a lot about like, Hey, if you do all this great charity work, like you don't do a great job of telling that story. Yeah. Like let's, I don't know, use that time to tell the story of the tournament that you're watching or something like that. But like the last thing yeah, you need you've to do, made, you've made the sale to everybody. You made the sale. This. Like yeah. you don't need to sell us on living under par. Like we're not the ones that are trying to live under par. The the ones that are trying to live under par, are the ones that aren't watching golf yet. Guys. Right. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that one. Uh, all right. Next question. Hi, this is Philip Johnson in Belfast, Northern Ireland, by way of Colgate, Wisconsin. Uh, this is completely irrelevant to the WGC Mexico, but I need to know if I'm the only one that has no idea why Tour is capitalized in <laughs> all caps after PJ Tour. Why is Tour capitalized? Does it stand for anything? Am I the only one? Thank you. You are not the only You're one. You're not the only one. And this is for anyone who thinks like, <clears throat> you know, hey, you just bag on the Tour all the time. This is... This is the questions people have. Why is tour all caps? Uh, I feel like I can shed some light on this as as a former employee. It's just a brand standard. It's like wh- whenever our name appears in any kind of print, it will be our in, name. Whenever, wow. no, well, I'm, what a I'm slip speaking, up! It, it is because it is. I'm speak. It is because it is. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, whenever it's it's just them saying. It's like when your parents say like it's because we say so. Yeah, yeah. it's well, that's exactly what it is. Not quite. I did some research. Okay. Shout out Golf News Network. It's because the PGA Tour's founding company is PGA Tour Inc. Yeah. All of it capitalized. Which is so, capitalized because of the brand standard. Like, like it's not... Sure. So to the listener's question, it's not an all cap... It's not like an acronym, which would make more sense. Like However, PGA is an acronym. Correct. PGA Tour is correct. not an acronym. For whatever reason, they decided to capitalize the whole name of the company. Yeah. And since then, they've, you know... It's 
Jake. Except and now to capitalize everything. I think it's just because it st- sticks out more when you're reading it in a press release or you're reading it in whatever. I, I, I don't know. What I would challenge the listeners. Come up with your own acronym. <laughs> it should what be does, an acronym. What does yeah. TOR stand for? Yeah, if they're going to capitalize it, I think that's a question. Also, players is capitalized every single time as well. The players. Can we do some sort of contest? If with you that? really want to get... Chamber, well, because yeah. they're all under the same the umbrella. The players is all caps because of the brand standard. Yeah. The Northern Trust is all caps because of the is brand Is the standard. players the gold standard because it's a brand standard? Uh, I think brand standard is just a ubiquitous term. Okay. I think gold standard because of the gold. Solly, can we do a po- can we do a a contest? I'm sure we can. Let's assume that you can. Reply with your best uh, <laughs> yeah. your best acronym for any of the ones that we just came up with. We'll send you some cool one, shit. The best we'll, one will win something. We'll probably yeah. send you a Callaway driver of some kind. Yeah. Uh, probably an Epic Flash. All right. Next question. Huge <laughs> <laughs> just Sweet Jimmy calling in from Knoxville, Tennessee. If we're talking about anything other than. Big Cat one in number 15. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. No, All right, right. Sweet Jimmy. Sweet Jimmy. This is a children's <laughs> show. <laughs> that, that, uh, For I, the record, Jimmy, I agree. <laughs> sweet Jimmy. It sweet might, Jimmy. Sweet Jimmy to you. It might be the only thing that matters. Can we listen real quick again to the despondency at the beginning of this call? <laughs> sweet Jimmy calling in from Knoxville, Tennessee. This he, is what we're encouraging, by yeah, the way. Huge fan of Sweet Jimmy and your whole aesthetic. Uh, Keep it short, tight. Look, we're not yeah. going to talk about uh, him winning number fifteen until the season of championship. The season of championship starts here in March. That was a player's joke. Guys, <laughs> whatever. Let's, so, so I, I've got. I, I don't know. I feel a little bit sheepish here. Can, can we talk about Masters picks? Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I got Tiger Spieth. Leash. Well, you can't many, pick. How many There's only nine guys in like, the no, field. No, no, no. You can't pick a quarter <laughs> I want. I want five guys. I want five guys. No, that's not impressive. You pick one guy. No. Pick From like the top ten league? favorites. I like. Yeah, I like Cam I mean, Smith. Too. I like Fleetwood. I like <laughs> Fred Couples. I like Cat. I like Cat. Well. DJ. Bottom of course. line. Bottom line. If I have to pick somebody, and I, I, I'm, I imagine that the odds are gonna suck. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be like eight to one. He's twelve to one right now. I might lock that in because I think Cat's gonna win. I'm waiting for speed odds to keep going up. Yeah, I was gonna say I I uh, I don't know. It's hard to pick against Rory right now, right? Don't like, spoil the Masters preview pod. Yeah, man. I don't know. Let's. Well, you guys gotta. I'm, we, so, I'm we sorry, our, guys. I, we pulled know. our pants down. You guys gotta. You guys. How can you talk about the Masters before the players has even started? Exactly. The Masters Championship. <laughs> it's the season of championships. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Let's go. Uh, okay, my name is Tucker. I'm calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I was originally from Philadelphia. That's uh, my, irrelevant my rant detail. Is what is the point of whistling? Why Why would you ever whistle? Like, are you fake singing the song? Are you faking having rhythm? I, I don't understand why you would ever, ever whistle. I'm lost. Uh, and it really pisses me off. So <laughs> that's pretty much it. Thank you. Love you guys. Not golf specific there. I, yeah, I keep Thank waiting you, for a golf aspect, but I think he just doesn't like whistling. That's amazing. Which, that's... as someone who can't really whistle, I guess I sort of... Say, I've never understood it, but I think it's because I've never been able to. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Bub Rub and Little Sis. Well, I'll never whistle again, I don't think, after hearing that, because now <laughs> I don't know why you would ever whistle that i don't know sense. is that something that people are upset about typically i i, I don't know how to whistle the i could I hear whistle. the anger and the frustration in his voice enough that uh to at least understand his struggle can any of you whistle <laughs> you i don't know whistle. why you would but i can whistle yeah, yeah. I, I i don't know how to whistle i got game i wish i had that loud whistle where you stick two fingers in your mouth Same. rc kunk's got that that's a little look at me 
I feel like if you whistle too, you, you, you should have hard candy in your pocket, and you should go around, you know, <laughs> you were popping it in every now and again. Yeah. I it can't was, remember what we were talking about earlier, where like Freddie's not allowed to yeah. talk to Randy anymore. <laughs> this is just another reason. Like Randy, do you have an ice cream truck out in the, out in the <laughs> you garage? Could, you I could see in a, in a non scummy way. The, the big guy's got a huge propensity for visiting college campus. I could see you walking around whistling <laughs> would very much fit oh. your aesthetic, but. If you can't whistle, I guess that's that's a whole other thing. All right, very extremely weird question from Tucker, but we encouraged the weird question. Or yes, weird, a, that was my favorite one. Not even a question; it was a rant. That was but my favorite one. Yeah, we like that. Okay, next one. Hey guys, it's Dan from McQuanago. I just wanted to get your thoughts on Steve Stricker's uh, Ryder Cup captaincy captaincy bid. I you know nothing in Wisconsinite loves more than seeing another Wisconsinite uh, succeed, but I just wanted to see if this is a slippery slope. You know, just picking hometown boys to be captains, or what's your general thoughts on it? I'll uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Bye. Uh, all right. Best accent of the callers, I would say. A lot there. of northern people. I'm are the mushroom where he's from. Very, <laughs> very pent up a little bit. That almost winter. seems like, gosh, that's like north of Wisconsin. It almost seems like northern Minnesota. <laughs> We'd listen back like, is he playing a role uh, here? I, is he no, I think that moment? was very real. Uh, I don't know. Steve Stricker captaincy. I think he's he's earned it. God, he was macro or micro sense. I love it. Yeah. Macro sense. I hate it. Why? Because I think it sets a crazy standard. Like, all right, who's going to be the captain in new york is it mark ternessa is it? <laughs> it's gonna be phil well it's gonna be phil yeah uh, but phil's not from new york he's it's gonna yeah. be lisa pavin he's <laughs> <laughs> she's an alpha i appreciate that uh listen you guys are on the u.s side we can you, 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 the european side has been dealing with this for a decade now sure Paul McGinley never won a major. You know, this is the slippery slope that you're talking about, and Europe's yeah. been. Well, you're talking about. I've I, I <laughs> beaten y'all's asses. So. I never understood the winning a major thing mattering for captaincy. I, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, we can debate. We have debated a bunch. We're uh, we're going to do a lot more Ryder Cup stuff here in the, in the coming years. A lot but, more. Um, it. Uh, I don't know. It, it, either you're a good captain or you're not, and a lot of you know circumstances are out of your hands. Like, I don't know if Jim Furyk was a bad captain because Patrick Reed went, you know, a wall in the Ryder cup. Uh, but Jim Furyk's won a major and he, they didn't win the Ryder cup. I don't know. I don't think it really matters if you want a major. No, I, I know it's different than the question that's being asked. I mean, I don't think it matters that much who the captain is. If you're willing to put in the work and have a leadership style and make sound decisions, that's really all that you can really ask for in a captain. How do people know that somebody who hasn't won a major is a bad captain? If they haven't had somebody who hasn't won a major. True. Very true. It's true. I could see, I could kind of get behind if the PGA of America was like, hey, we want to limit this to only PGA Championship winners because it's our event and we can do whatever we want. I'd be like, all right, that seems stupid, but at least I kind of get it. But just the random kind of nebulous must have won a major thing. Like, yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So Stricker, like, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I think fans are going to be mega passionate behind him. I don't mm-hmm. think the captain plays that big of a role to begin mm-hmm. with in the first place. And so I think it's more of a figurehead sort of thing anyways. And I th- I think as the American team has been much more, hey, we want like a quote-unquote player's captain and we want, you know, Phil's going to run the team anyways. It doesn't really matter. So, uh, Which is disgusting. <laughs> I guess. But I think Stricker fits fits yeah. the mold well. I'm, I'm all for it. I actually like the idea that guy on Twitter, who, who was it, who was like, why don't they name <laughs> Bill, Bill Belichick or... <laughs> Something that was else. a thermonuclear take. Some of the great, I believe he, he was Kraft. saying, like some of the great leaders are, yeah, Robert Kraft, right? Some of the great uh, leaders Conley's of our time. Rice. Yeah. In other aspects. Yeah. Like, why does he even have to be a golf person? Yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess what the captain sees too is, is where the counter argument to that is where do you draw the line? And it's like common sense. 
Yeah. Like yeah. people, the people that are involved here have common sense and like I've no, I've no concerns that Jerry Kelly is going to be a, a Ryder Cup captain right. the next yeah, time exactly. it comes around and you know, like that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I think Stricker is going to either be a good or bad captain, but we don't have no one outside of maybe the people directly involved in the process have any information that would clue us into whether that would be the case. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. No, I totally agree. But I would say even the people involved in the decision probably don't have any idea. Bottom line, more Lisa Paven. Yes. Um, do we want to get to some shout outs here before we, uh, before we wrap up? I was going to give a shout out to Kira Deck, Api Bonrat, finishing T3, first full season of the PGA Tour. Moved up to, I think, 36th in the official World Golf Rankings. We're going to be seeing a lot more of him around the PGA Tour this year. I think that's exciting. I'll give, uh, I'll give a shout-out to Uncle Yost Leuten. Uh, psyched to see him. Someone said he looked like a, a really grungy solid, uh, <laughs> which which is the take of the week on Twitter. Uh, could not stop seeing it. and uh, So the more we see that guy on the TV, the better. Solly accused the picture of being photoshopped with his eyes. It's like my eyes. It's like it's creepy how much that one picture looks exactly like me. I think there was a little bit of Photoshop in that. No, I I, I actually Googled it and that was That's his photo? That's his photo. Okay. Maybe uh maybe we are long lost cousins. Uh I, I want to give a shout out to the Orchid Spa in <laughs> Jupiter. Sure. Um I don't know, I think it's gonna be an interesting week. Heard a couple of pro golfers have been they were out of town during the whole sting thing, so they are they're in good shape. But I heard a, a Hall of Fame basketball player might be in the mix. We'll see. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna hey guys, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. More more on that story as it develops. I'll give a shout out to Martin Trainer for winning the Puerto Rico Open. That's very his first career PGA Tour victory. It's a very functional shout out. Yeah, he's got yeah. a wild resume. His so. grandfather is Eli Whitney. <laughs> great. Well, great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> Great grandfather. Are they cotton gin guys? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Justin Ray's got that? every stat. <laughs> yeah. Wild, yeah. Um, all right. On that note, I think we're going to wrap it. Longer one, but uh, this was a fun week, and uh, we're going to get fired up here again for the Florida Swing, which <laughs> somebody outside is very fired up about it. Uh, we're going to wrap it there. That sounded like it's South hazard. Florida right there. Yeah. God, that was a shout-out to the Honda Classic. That kicks off the Florida Swing. Exactly. Here we go. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you uh, soon. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.